Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts the black effect presents family therapy and i'm your host elia connie Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So there's an old African-American proverb, and it goes something like this. We tried to tell you. <laughs> That's the way we kind of felt about the capital siege. But I'm not here to talk about that proverb. I'm here to talk about more like a a hood proverb. And it's pretty cold hearted. Kind of goes like this. Well, niggas die every day. Hood politics. Yeah, niggas die daily. It's one of the coldest things I feel like came out of the streets. A lot of cold things came out of the streets, but it's the thing that like shows, first of all, how one can become desensitized, right? It's not funny, but it's how one can become desensitized. And it's also a social statement as to like, dog, killing, you know what I'm saying? Like we, this really does need to stop because like, yo, we die daily to the point to where it's not, even a thing it's a saying oh you know niggas die every day that's me being very altruistic about the saying but it's usually put in the context of when the op dies you know the op is in the opposition for y'all that don't understand what i'm saying like the rival gang a lot of people was in up in arms some of y'all don't even know what i'm talking about but was in up in arms when nipsey passed away that blue face who everybody all know both of these people are legendary crips when nipsey passed away blue face really didn't have nothing to say um except for you know niggas die daily and people was like i don't get why 
Why are you not mourning like the rest of us? And what that shows to me is clearly you don't understand the politics of South Central Los Angeles. Nipsey and Blueface, although both Crips, are from rival hoods. And the most respectful thing to do, it's kind of an unspoken word, and everybody don't follow us. Remember we talk about hood rules? Everybody don't really follow the hood rules. You know, everybody snitches, everybody. Like, it, it, these rules are very fluid. But one of the rules is... Listen, man, when the op dies, even if it's a, even if you the cause of that op's death, just stay out of it. You know, just, you don't, leave them alone. Let them bury their homie. You know what I'm saying? You just keep your mouth shut. So really in this situation, the most respectful thing for Blueface to do is to just shut up. Don't be putting out this like rest in peace Nipsey stuff. Like you don't believe that. Y'all from rivals said, don't all of the sudden act like we homies. That's even more disrespectful. Like, y'all don't care. And don't pretend like you do. At the same time, you know what you signed up for. And at some point, the enemy is going to ride on you too. And you're going to lose a homie. And you're going to want time to bury him. You let them bury their dead. Again, like I said, these rules are so fluid. But generally, if you, you pull in from like the OG perspective... That's, you know, these young dudes different, but you pull from like the OG perspective. That's kind of like, it's kind of the rule. It's just like, look, man, you know, I mean, thoughts and prayers, nigga. You know what I'm saying? Sorry for your loss, nigga. Niggas die daily. I just stay out of it, though, because whatever, man, you know, niggas die daily. That's what I want to talk about today in this episode of Hood Politics. We got three situations here where I feel like the best way to understand What's happening here is this proverb. Well, you know, niggas die every day. First is a situation with with uh, money making Mitch, with Mitch McConnell and his little beef with Donald Trump. Um, you know what I'm saying? Niggas die daily, right? Another one is an actual death, the death of uh, right wing shock jock um, Rush Limbaugh. It's a good, there's a good amount of our population that is like, look, tsh, no love lost, kick rocks, niggas die daily. But that's just because for us, he's the op. His set probably mourning, but bro, I'm sorry, he the op. You can't have entire segments on your show called the AIDS update set to music where you pretty much mocking the deaths of LGBTQ people from AIDS. And act like I'm supposed to, all that is absolved when you die. Nah, bro. Like, I remember what you, you was the op, fam. But I, I, I know the rules. I'll just, you know, I'll sit, I'll sit this one out. We'll just podcast about you 10 years from now. <laughs> and then the last one is apparently what Texas government and utilities told their own constituents as they freezing in their own cribs. Niggas die daily. Kick rocks, nigga. I got mine. You got to get yours. It's cold-blooded. Cold world out here. All right, y'all ready? Here we go. So, Mitch McConnell. Mitch has been a topic of hood politics often. And I think to the letter, he is the archetype of what the whole premise of this show is, which is politics is just gangbanging in nice suits. If you understand gangbanging and just growing up in the city, hell, if you understand eighth grade girl playground, how to survive middle school, you understand politics. He is the archetype. We've covered him a bunch of times. 
I feel like the last time we talked about him, we finally landed on who he is in the spectrum of hoodness, right? He's a hustler. Honestly, Mitch reads the lick better than anyone else on that Capitol. Anyone in, nobody read the lick better than Mitch McConnell. And you can go back to the last few episodes and see what we mean by the lick. When we talk about what the lick read, you know, quickly, the lick is the hustle. Like, what's the next scheme that is going to make sure, you know, we get this money that's going to secure this bag? And at first, I thought Mitch's loyalty was to the hood. I thought his whole loyalty, well, before I thought it was to the hood, I thought he was, he really got bewitched by Trump. And his loyalty was to like the hood boss. Like, oh, this the boss. You know what I'm saying? I ride for the boss. He gonna, he gonna make it work for us. Let's make it happen. Then I realized, oh no, no. He about to party. Mitch is like, nah, you gonna, party gonna outlast you. Then I realized he ain't even about to party either. Mitch is about to hustle. My man, He'll torpedo the party if it means his power stay stay in place. I think the calculation Mitch keep making is if the set is strong, then I'm strong. If the Republican Party's strong, then my hustle keep it's gonna keep working. I just, I read him wrong. Mitch is the hustler boy, and why I say this is coming into they little they little tiff they having right now. If you know how Trump works, Trump works is like, yo, it's very simple. This is Escobar style. You either for me or against me. And remember I told you before in an episode before, like, you can't just punk out. And I got to give Trump his propers. He admitted he did exactly what I told y'all he was going to do. You have to take me out. I go out in a blaze of glory. I'm not going to just... I'm not going to just let you handcuff me and take me off to jail. No, nah, I'm a fight. We're going to shoot this out. And if you get me, you get me. It is what it is. But I ain't go out like no punk. Trump can say that. For we rioted. <laughs> I ain't going out like nobody punk. Nigga, I'll, riot. I'll burn this whole thing down before I let you take me out. That's what he did. So that's how Trump worked. And I feel like Mitch kind of read that and was like, okay, I need to work these angles. And like we said before, Mitch got his 200 Listen, hundo, 200 judges all over the country at every different scale of the thing. I got what I needed from this fool. But the bag works, the money works, the system works if the system is calm, if it's predictable. You done messed up the predictability of the system. You can't have that. You messing up the money. So Mitch now has to do some calculations here. And I feel like he saw this insurrection and impeachment as his out. Because I'm telling you, that man read the lick. He read it. And the calculation is this. Everybody, the whole Republican Party has to finesse this moment. There's, and they did. Listen, I'm going to do a whole the whole episode on the impeachment on how well the Republicans finesse this moment. Because that was a finesse. Because everybody admitted, oh, no, this, no, he guilty. Oh, no, 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 this nigga did it. He absolutely caused this insurrection. <laughs> You just don't get to say so. That's a finesse. You're on a technicality. Some, it's not our place to decide. And what you going to do? He already gone. We're going to remove him from a job he don't already have? That's a finesse, y'all. That's, that's, I'm going to do a whole episode on that, like I said. But that's a finesse. Because every successful impeachment before time has all been of judges. But they were all already out of office when they were found guilty and fully impeached. Like the... 
They was already out of office. You can come up with other punishments, with other consequences. That was a great finesse. Anyway, we'll get to that. But he's got some calculations because he set up out of his own mouth and was like, oh, no, no, he guilty. But he facing cases already. Let's let the criminal. This is a criminal case. Let's let them take care of it. The calculation is, okay. how do I save the party? Because remember, again, I need the party to make sure the hustle continues to work. How do I save the party? How do I not alienate the base? You can't alienate the base. You can't alienate the neighborhood. Like we said before, there's the hood and then the neighborhood. You got to go back and listen to other stories. You can't alienate the neighborhood by like kicking the old boss while he down. He already down. Niggas die daily. He already down. I'm not going to kick him. But he got his own cases he need to deal with. And at the same time, I can't ignore the obvious. The obvious is because then that make me look crazy. That make me look like I can't run this hood no more if I don't admit the obvious, right? <laughs> Which is, I think Trump's guilty. That's the obvious. But I'm not finna, you're not, you're not finna get me. I'm not gonna convict him. I'm gonna let somebody else do that. That's a finesse, y'all. Hustler. And you know why he was able to do this? Because he don't care about y'all's feelings. That man ain't worried about what y'all think of him. Listen, let me let me let me talk to y'all about a pimp. Now I did an episode about pimping on a long time ago when we was first developing this this pod. It's not even on this feed. There's there's some rules about pimping. Something in you, your whole conscious has to be seared and die. <laughs> you you have to have no semblance of sympathy towards another human being to be a successful pimp something about you and your concept of humanity has to go out the mall freaking window if you're gonna successfully pimp you have to this the, the term listen y'all again i'm gonna stress this enough i don't talk like this i'm quoting the idea you have to break a bitch what does that mean you have to break this woman's soul and will like you have to break her. That's the term. The term is breaker. You have to be cold heart. You cannot care at all. What some everybody when it, you know, the old seventies trope. The pimp pulls up. He got this like riding a Cadillac. You feel me? Got the fur jacket. You know, always clean. Step out the whip with like five bad sisters on his arm. You know what I'm saying? Everybody want to be that dude. Got all this money, flashy. You know what I'm saying? He got women doing whatever he want. All this good stuff. That's because the man is cold hearted. You have to like, you have to have a lump of coal in your heart to be able to do this. You can't care. What I'm saying about Mitch McConnell is this fool, he is, he is looking under desks to find one iota of an F to give about what y'all think. It's a fossil fuel because F's to give are a fossil fuel for this home. He do not care at, I don't care one single flying moth i do not care what y'all think that's what you got to understand about mitch and that's the difference between him and somebody like a ted cruz who want to hit the lick like mitch mcconnell ted care too much you care what other people that's why that's why don't nobody believe you that's why don't nobody like you care too much what people think you ain't reading this hustle well you think you're reading the hustle well but you care too you care what people think about you too much you front like you don't but I could tell by your moves. Oh, bro, you you worried about what people think of you. It's never going to work for you. Mitch don't care. Mitch is not scared of y'all. So Mitch make this calculation because, listen, kick rocks. Niggas die daily. 
We've had Republican presidents before. I done been through a bunch of them. We've had Democrat presidents before. I've been through a bunch of them. Brothers rise, brothers fall. Grand opening, grand closing. That's a Jay-Z reference. So Mitch gives his speech after he acquits, votes to acquit Trump that like, I'm not saying this nigga's innocent. I'm just saying me and you don't get to decide. Just somebody else get to decide that. Brilliant hustle. And he don't really care what Trump's saying. Trump put out some words. Trump, it's almost like Trump trying to Trump trying to boss up from the pen. You feel me? You'd have been kicked out to say you locked up now. You know what I'm saying? You're not, you're not even a boss no more, but you're trying to gather your little bit of your little bit of leverage you got. You talking about, man, Mitch is Mitch is messing all this stuff up. Man, I'm finna primary this fool. I'm finna stick my hand, finna stick all my power to primary these people against you because I need you out of office. So he didn't like he trying to turn. And you understand how, like I said, how Trump works. It's like you either for me or against me. I'm finna turn the whole t- I'm finna turn the whole hood on you. I feel like Mitch's response is like, full kick rocks. Remember when you turned the whole hood on Georgia? <laughs> you couldn't, on your watch, you let some Democrats get elected in Georgia? You let them get flipped from blood to cuz. Sue Wu to Haylock? You think I'm scared of you? You couldn't hold on to Georgia. I think it's time for you to focus. You need to focus on your upcoming cases in Georgia and New York, bruh. I ain't worried about you. Niggas die daily. I'm, I'm no love lost, homie. Don't hate the player, hate the game. I'm just, I'm out here. Listen, it's the game, bro. You played, look, you jumped into the game and you weren't really ready for it, bro. I think one of the most terrified moments I ever had in my life, and I'm, I'm dead serious. I said this before. Again, if you follow this show, and some of y'all know me personally, I never gangbanged a day in my life. I chose hip hop, you know what I'm saying? But I, and my parents moved me out, moved me out right at the right time. You know what I'm saying? But that don't mean my family not from. I don't mean I mean it don't follow you. You feel me? But uh, I knew the rules, and I remember one time over around my, uh, I believe it was my aunt's house, um, east side of South Central, and I remember a situation happened. I remember exact the uh, specifics or details about this stuff. You gotta understand, like when you come from these type of environments, you block out a lot of it. <laughs> So um, I just remember this moment where somebody was talking about calling the police, calling the cops, calling whatever. And my uncle saying as calmly as I'm saying right now and as slowly as I'm saying right now, he said, hey, bro. You think I'm scared of the police? I mean, my uncle's on my as my family. I had never been more scared. I was like, this is the hard. This is the most OG thing I've ever heard. It happened again once in my life. And it was with the Vatos in the little area where I, 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 like I said, if you know my story, 20 minutes east of South Central, I lived in this area called Belinda. Uh, La Puente is at San Gabriel Valley. It's a, it's a Latino neighborhood. And it was this, you know, ball head, cholo, dickies, you know, just like the, the prototype, right? The prototype, prototype cholo. Same situation. Hey, we finna call the police, yada, yada, yada. Loke said, hey, Hans, I'm not scared of the cops, eh? Just like that. I wish I could see my eyes because he wasn't frowning. Just as calm as like, I'm not a, I've been to jail. Like, he was like, I've been to jail twice. I'm not scared of the cops. I, I was like, <laughs> yeah. We're not, I need to be on his team. And I feel like this is what we looking at. 
Mitch is like, you think I'm scared of you? All these other fools here, they scared of you. I'm not scared of you. And even if he falls, see, that's the thing about Mitch. Even if he falls, he had a good run. Mitch was like, I had a good run. I'm going to keep it going as long as I can because I'm a hustler. But I know how to navigate all this stuff. You think I'm... You're a rookie. Why don't you just stay down there in Mar-a-Lago? Niggas die daily, bro. Niggas die every day. Kick rocks. God, dog. Now, part two, Rush Limbaugh. Rush Limbaugh is um, shock jock. I, I don't know if there's any other way to call him that. I feel like there are other conservative pundits that aren't shock jocks, that are just honestly and earnestly speaking from a small government, you know, pro-military which as a side note, I still don't understand how you can be big military, small government, it's all small spending. Anyway, um, you know, that are just like in earnest, you know, and just are like honestly like, yo, I think I think the left is tripping. I think they're missing the mark. Here's what I think a better answer is. There's, there's plenty of people like that, that I can, I can say this is earnest and well-researched. I just disagree with them. You feel me? I can say that about... There's a bunch of like progressives too that I feel like, I don't know, bro. Like I feel you. I just think, I just don't know what planet you on, G. Like I'm not feeling it, you know? Anyway, and I think at one point Rush was that, but ain't no money in being earnest and well-researched, especially in this modern conservative world. You either, you either Alex Jones or you broke. You understand what I'm saying? So it seemed as though, he definitely, in my mind, I feel like he's like a proto-Alex. Alex, for people that ain't going to put uh, aluminum foil on their heads, that don't really believe chemtrails, the ones that like, they Republic, they right-wing people with a little bit of sense, but heartless still. You feel me? That's 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 my my perception. I say heartless because, like I mentioned before, like, how you going to have a, how you going to have a segment about people dying of AIDS? I just like, this... I mean, like, so he coming with it every day. Like, kick rocks. Niggas die daily. Shouldn't have been having homosexual sex. Like, that's this nigga's like, what, fool? I'm cool, bro. I'm cool on you. So anyway, Rush started having health issues. And as of February 17th, he passed away. And there's always this moment, I feel, when someone dies there's either the the like who's not like him, like a John McCain, which is that kind of fits into that other category of like, this is in earnest. I can respect you. I think you've made some warmongering, you know, in other parts of the world. Uh, there's that. But I can respect you. This came from a place to where like you honestly believed like this was the right way to go. And of course, that doesn't absolve the blood that's on his hands, but at the same time, it's like, okay, this is, look, man, you earned your stripes, that's just where you landed. You feel me? So when someone like him pass, there's like, you don't want to speak ill of the dead, and it's like, well, then how long do we wait till we speak ill of them, right? <laughs> because, you know me, I'll be on the Behind the Bastards podcast 
and we be speaking hella ill of the dead. You feel me? Because they some ill folk. You understand what I'm saying? It's just, it was a long enough time ago that we feel like it's okay to talk about it. But that like first week or two, you supposed to kind of shut your mouth about it, right? You know what I'm saying? Because it's too it's too soon. You, you, you feel me? You can't talk about it if it's too soon. That's that thing. When somebody like a John McCain died, like if now, if you was a part of like Desert Storm or like if you was from another country where some, like I said, some of the warmonger and you like, yo, niggas died dead. Daily, kick rocks. That bro, that fool like blew up our village. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's that. There's this mixed feeling about it. But then at the same time, it's like, well, you know, people are complicated. People are complex. You know, people are still humans, beautiful. You know what I'm saying? I come from a position of faith. So I'm like, you, you know what I'm saying? You worthy of dignity and value because you were made in the image of your creator. You feel me? Like, so like there's that like kind of attitude about stuff to where, you know, how do you speak of his death rest in peace but what if you don't mean it but then it's like am i like am i just as cold-hearted as this person like i what do i surely he's still a father surely someone loves this man and that person's loved ones they left behind it's i mean it's not their fault daddy was a ghoul you know i like i don't know there's this weird like kind of back and forth so then you take somebody like for me who i was like this is a hero john lewis you know what i'm saying where i could say even if I, I'm going to mourn this guy's death because I'm like, well, I mean, on top of the fact that he did, I mean, he's a civil rights hero. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I would just, I would expect that even if you, the most racist of racists to like, man, just shut your mouth for a little bit. Just kind of fall back. Just, you know, fall back. So as Rush pass away that same sentiment kind of crossed my mind to where i was first i was like kick rocks niggas die daily you feel me <laughs> but i didn't want to tweet about it because tweets need nuance but but the attitude i'm having about this and that i think could serve us all is this attitude that Blueface has about nipsey's death it's plenty of people that respect him he's the op so out of respect for y'all not him Y'all, I'm going to fall back just for now. I'm not going to pretend like for the last, you know, 10, 15 years, I haven't been like absolutely despising every piece of content Rush Limbaugh been putting out. I'm not going to act like that's not true all of a sudden because he dead now. Oh, I guess he's a good dude. No, it's stupid. You know what I'm saying? And that's even more disrespectful. You can't just be warring with a hood and then somebody die and be like, oh, yeah, nah, we went to middle school together. Shut up, dog. Y'all been shooting at each other. You done killed each other's families, man. Cousins, innocent bystanders. Like, don't act like you ain't got blood on your hands right now. Just shut up, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I feel like that's a way to think about these situations. Like, if the, from the hood antennas is like, okay, I, there's no, I'm not finna like, I don't need to drag the man because we all know, you know, the parts that are draggable. At the same time, I'm not absolving him from the things that he's done none of that stuff i mean i just i just dropped a pin on the lgbtq thing but like i mean y'all could go through the archives homie is heartless now granted it's again i call him a shock jock for that purpose is that like i know a lot of this was for shock right but you're 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 rallying the troops it's the same way of like it's the hood dude that's like, nah, man, it's all sight, homie. I blast every time. Man, you gonna let that rise? Like, bro, you, I know you just saying that to rally us up. Like, you not really finna, like, you don't really walk like, you don't really move like that. So I get it. So I think the most hood honorable thing to do 
is niggas die daily. I just fall back. Gonna bury your dead homie. But this truce is temporary. Like I said, we, we gonna talk about you later, my nigga. You know what I'm saying? Just like one death in the hood doesn't stop gang violence. It may stop it for a while. We'll be shooting again, which is awful. Of course, let me pull out of the, the metaphor. It's awful. But yeah, that's, that's what happens. Lastly, let's go to Texas. I, I, I say this to Texas is shame. <laughs> but I also say this to help you understand what they would do. Remember when COVID hit in the beginning and it was the state, it was the government of Texas that was like, listen, it only affects the elderly. You know, they're going to die anyway, basically. Why should the healthy stop? Like we're losing our jobs. Our businesses are closing. Just let us run our businesses. If it only affects the elderly, then, you know what I'm saying? Like tell your grandma to stay home, you know, or whatever you got to do. But like, Look, dude, we can't stop life if it only affects this couple. Y'all is. Cold world, brother. Looked at your abuela. Looked at Graham. Looked at Grams and was like, hey, Grams, niggas die daily. It's cold as ice. So I don't know why I would expect anything different when this cold snap hit the state of Texas now. First of all, hashtag climate change. I just don't know how much more evidence y'all need, you know. And I know it happens every once in a while, right? But these record temperatures, these records we're setting, it's like, bro, because Earth is changing. Like, and even if Earth naturally changes, like, you ain't got to help it. You feel me? Like, yo, like, then let it correct itself without your help. So they hit this, so they hit this, this cold snap. And as an interesting piece of research, uh, there's really, there's three power grids in America. There's east of the Mississippi, west of the Mississippi, and Texas. <laughs> Texas got his own power grid. As another interesting piece of history, we've never upgraded our power grid, ever. As a country, we've never upgraded it. We'll switch out poles here and there, with lines here and there, but we've never. It's the same power grid. For decades, experts have been saying to multiple presidents, listen, this is one of our most vulnerable spots for attack. You, It's just like a stupid... You, it's like a stupid Microsoft, like, firmware, stupid virus. You could just pop into one laptop and shut down all the power east of the Mississippi, and they done. Like, you could, you could close, you could shut us down. It's like you downloaded the wrong app, and you got a virus on your phone, on your laptop, and you could shut down the power for half the country. So, like, just, like listen. It, the power grid is trash, right? So that's already there. So Texas, you know, they was already ready to secede anyway. You feel me? Was like, well, listen, I don't want none of this because y'all finna fail anyway. So they actually deregulated. They pulled away from the from the national grid years back so they could deregulate it. It's ran by their power grids ran by by private companies who control rolling brownouts if you know what a brownout is it's like when you just like do these like again controlled blackouts where it's like we're, we're doing this to make sure we don't run out of energy and what's interesting about texas how they're so like hell bent on fossil fuels and like nuclear you know and not like you know clean renewable energy they try to blame clean renewable energy talking about you see them frozen wind turbines i'm like fool that's not even two percent of y'all's power like don't don't play games anyway they were like look we got we got us 
We're going to set up our own power grid. And then what's interesting to me is got the nerve to be like, well, you got to fend for yourself. I'm going to read this quote from former Colorado City, Texas mayor. They done removed him because of, I hope, I hope because of this. My man said, let me hurt some feelings right quick. No one owes you and your family anything, nor is it local government's responsibility to support you during times like this. Sink or swim is your choice. The city and the county, along with the power providers and other services, are tired of people looking for a handout. If you don't have electricity, you step up and come up with a game plan to keep your family warm and safe. If you have no water, you deal with Without it, think outside the box to survive and supply water to your family. If you're sitting at home in the cold and you have no other power and are sitting there waiting for someone to come rescue you, you're lazy as a direct result of your raising. Only the strong will survive and the weak will perish. Folks, God has given us tools to support ourselves in times like this. This is sadly a product of the socialist government where they feed people to believe that the few will work and the others will become dependent on handouts. Am I sorry that you have been dealing without electricity and water? Yes, but I'll be damned if I'm going to provide for anyone that is capable for doing it themselves. We have lost sight of those in need and those that take advantage of the system and have meshed them into one group. Bottom line, quit crying and looking for a handout. Get off your ass and take care of your own family. Bottom line, don't be part of the problem. Be a part of the solution. In other words, kick rocks. It's a cold world. Niggas die daily. Go get yours. That's this fool's attitude about the government. Yo, that's wild. We done made our own grid, but I don't owe you shit. I do not have to send none of this power to your house. Just because it failed, nigga, that's on us. You take care of you. It's almost like me sending this power to your house was a privilege because you could be, get out there and generate power yourself. Wear your own windmill. (laughs) They told the whole state of Texas, nigga, kick rocks, niggas not daily. It's cold, ain't it? Better get some blankets. That is cold as ice. And at first I was like, I can't believe you saying that. Then I remembered their response to the elderly for COVID. Niggas die daily. You got to go get yours. That is wild to me because it's so street. Fuck about your dead homies. Niggas die daily. Wow. Wow. On the other hand, I totally understand the idea of like fending for yourselves, taking care of yourselves. I understand that. Sounded to me like, according to what this man's saying, the role of government is it shouldn't exist because I don't owe you nothing. Like, I just don't understand what you, well, then what, well, then what's government for? How you, how you a mayor and you ain't, you don't feel like you need to provide nobody with, I mean, I don't understand. And I understand how he tried to clean it up to where he was like, no, listen, I'm talking to like able-bodied citizens. I'm not talking to those in need. And I I, I vibe with that. You know, Abe, like, fool, kick rocks, man. Go get it yourself. You know, I remember when I was a kid, I had college. I had two jobs, almost three. 
I wasn't sitting around being like, ain't nobody helping me. But at the same time, I was going to get a job. But I also lived in an apartment where the heat worked. I mean, I paid my utilities so that it would work as this transactional cuz like I paid you for a service. I don't understand what even using your logic like I don't get heat for free. I don't get water for free. I pay for it. You supposed to give me what I'm paying for. And if you can't provide it, like you what the hell are you talking about? Anyway, niggas die daily. Well, it's a cold world we live in. Thank you so much for rocking with us. Okay, so I was all done. Whole show was completed. Everything recorded. And then, okay, listen. <laughs> this man, Ted Cruz, had the nerve to come and prove the whole premise. Listen, this is two days later. I, why is he such a tool? I feel like I never really used the term tool properly. If you ever want to know what it means to be a tech, you, why are you so bad at this? Remember I told y'all earlier in this episode, like, Ted want to run things, but he just never read the room right. Like, you just, and he care too much what other people think. I ain't never met somebody that cares so much what other people think, yet is so bad at doing <laughs> what it takes to be liked by the said people. Like, why are you so bad at being likable? I never met somebody that's so bad at making themselves likable. We in a pandemic. Your home state is frozen. Water pipes is bursting. Fools ain't got no heat. And homie hopped a plane to Cancun, to Mexico. The part of the world that you tried to build a, a wall to block out. Ted said, cold world, niggas die daily. Get it how you living. Now listen. Before I knew the rest of the story, I was going to slide this one through. That's why the, you know, the impeachment was done. He probably had a vacation plan. I give him the benefit of the doubt. You probably had this plan. However, your power grid failed. Don't you think maybe send the kids off, send the wife off? If you still had a plan, I get it. You got the finances. You're not one of the poors. So you could go to Cancun during this moment. But you can't even fake it. Like you can't show up at a photo op at a at a heating spot. You can't just go to somebody's crib and shovel their snow. You ain't even got to know the person. You can't fake it. You not even trying to fake it, bro. Cancun, big dog. People ain't got heat. You in Cancun. Niggas die daily, bro. And then the part that became the most funny to me was his reasons why he was gone. So then the reason why he gone, he say, well, you know, the kids, my kids are out of school and my daughters wanted to go on a vacation. I couldn't tell them, no, I'll just finna hop on the plane and I got a ticket. I was coming right back, man. We can't leave Texas like this. Nah, homie, you didn't forgot the Alamo. <laughs> Listen, this is the first Texan on earth that didn't forgot the Alamo. Homie hit us with the oldest. This what you learn in husband and father first day of class 101. When you don't want to do something that somebody asks you to do, here's what you do. You go, yeah, bro, it should be cool. Let me check with my wife, though. Let me make sure I ain't got no, like, no daddy duties or nothing. That is the... Take it out of everything you want. You don't feel like kicking it? Ah, that's cool. Yeah, let me just check with wifey. Ah, bro, I got daddy duty. Ah, yeah, nah, the wife has something on the calendar, bro. Like, you, 
It's the oldest trick in the book. Throw your wife and daughter under the bus. That's what every husband does. And I can't believe he tried to pull that on the country. You think we can't find your ticket purchases to know that you changed your flight? You think we can't figure that out? Why are you such a tool? Dog it. It's because men are afraid to say no. That's why we use that excuse. We afraid to tell people that we just don't want to do something. Look, didn't get better. Then he did the whole like, yo, no, I was just finna drop him off. I'll be back. Like, I'll be back like 10 minutes. Bro, how many times you done lied to somebody and said you was literally 10 minutes away? I'm just gonna drop him off. No, I'm on the way. I'm on the way. I'm literally on the way. I'm literally around the corner. Fool, you ain't even put your jacket on. Homie, how many times you done told your significant other, nah, dude, I'm on the way back. I'm on the way there right now. You still sipping your second beer. You ain't even left. This fool tried to hit us with the oldest lies every bro knows ted cruz forgot the alamo and said niggas die every day get it how you're living if it's too cold here hell you should fly out too i can't believe and then it get even better because the screenshots of the group text leaked out somebody leaked the group text let me tell you something that's a violation. Flag on the play. I'm I'm calling this for Ted. Your homies is even your homies is trash. <laughs> they leaked the group text. You even got trash friends. They leaked the group text. Your wife in a group text with the homies. You flexing with the homies saying you'll help them fly to Cancun and they screenshotted and leaked the group text. Nigga, your friends is trash. <laughs> God, dog. I think my favorite quote about Ted Cruz is, quote, I like Ted Cruz way more than most of my colleagues, and I fucking hate Ted Cruz, Senator Lindsey Graham. Hood politics. propaganda you can find me at prop hip-hop you can find the pod at hood politics pod that's on twitter and instagram this mug was recorded mixed and mastered by the big homie matt osowski and uh theme music by the one and only dj sean p gold tips gold tips and everybody remember listen politics boy it's just gang banging in nice suits see you next week Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. 
And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.